0: In a podcasting world filled with true crimes, insane interview podcasts, and gross celeb news stories, Bryson Wren, that's us, try to do the impossible. Create a podcast that will help you survive your commute or workday
1: so you're telling me you can't hear the audio behind me right now i cannot
0: okay it's like straight up monster sounds <laughs>
1: <laughs> so do you think the audience will hear monster noise i'm not getting any monster noise
0: they might there's a chance there's All a right, chance so we, can,
1: we can put like in the in the caption for the episode uh warning might contain monsters, monsters.
0: <laughs> there could be could be monster sounds
1: <laughs> so what's your favorite kind of monster
0: uh the cloverfield monster
1: really yeah what do you like about him um I like it, that he... it, what, what, tell me a bit about cloverfield monster I've only seen a uh, 10 cloverfield lane
0: I mean that's all you need to see that's a, that's a different monster in that movie though
1: could uh could the cloverfield monster defeat a sasquatch yes Godzilla uh yes King Kong Yes. Loch Ness Monster. Uh, Yes. Goblin. No. Ghoul?
0: No, goblins and ghouls are the Cloverfield Monster's weak spots.
1: So, alright. So the Cloverfield Monster can defeat a Sasquatch, Godzilla, King Kong, the the Loch Ness Monster, but goblins and ghouls... Yeah, are, are, are its weak spot?
0: It gives its, it uh it gives it warts, and then it turns <laughs> into like self esteem issues from there.
1: <laughs> the the goblins and ghouls give, defeat the Cloverfield monster by giving it self esteem issues. Yeah, Yep. it's it's it, a it mental was confident before it met them.
0: Yeah, well, okay, so the the Cloverfield monster's origins are that um so this like is DJing the baby, right? This is the baby. It falls out of space. Um, no, no, no. It doesn't fall out of space. It is um, a satellite falls out of space, and it falls into the ocean, and the satellite's like frequencies wake this monster up. The monster's been asleep at the bottom of the ocean for years, and then comes ashore in, in, in New York, uh, rips off and like tears apart the Statue of Liberty, is an absolute menace to New York City. Um, they have to shut the whole thing down and then eventually nuke it. Uh, while it's like taking over the city though, it has like little, uh, like parasites that are falling off of it. And it's like little, uh, what are they? They're like little, like bug things that, uh, crawl around and are like also killing people. And, uh, if you get bit by it, you don't necessarily die right away. But it'll cause your body to essentially fill up and explode
1: with blood. And this is, this is like Clover, this is a Cloverfield monster. This is the baby.
0: This is the, yeah, the baby. This is the
1: baby. <clears throat> yeah. There's a, a mama Cloverfield as well that we do not see. So. And so, and there, there was the Netflix one Cloverfield paradox or.
0: Uh, Night, Ren. Night Ren <laughs> yeah. yeah we don't talk about that one
2: you don't is talk about that that.
0: non-canon i mean it's technically canon but um and it was kind of like a, a kind of a cool movie other than the shoehorning of cloverfield
1: yeah yeah it came out during the super bowl right it, yeah Yep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was like it's out now which is
1: a bad sign that, that's a, that's bad uh straight to the D- to dvd equivalent yeah straight the- to super bowl commercial.
0: Yeah, yeah. This was the, um, like, uh, the Disney sequel esque situation here.
1: This is kind of like Pocahontas too.
0: Yeah, or like Hunchback of Notre Dame too.
1: Give Quasimodo a girlfriend. Kind of yeah. give Cloverfield Monster a girlfriend. Wrap things up. <laughs> <laughs> Bring I'm a pretty full sure that's how it ended.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, Red, let's let's get started. Let's okay. Get started. Okay. I think we're we're already kind of riffing. Um, should I? Should we be weird, though, and start the episode, like, now? And so when I start the episode, it's like, it just starts mid-conversation? Yeah. Do you think I should do that? Because it's like, there's some gold there. There's some gold. You don't want to leave that on the cutting room floor. So hello. Hello, then. <laughs> uh, my name is Brace Henderson. Uh, welcome to Brace and Rin, Uh, and the Phantom of the Megaplex. Uh, today, we will be discussing the Disney Channel original movie, Phantom of the Megaplex, uh, not Nedzi Classified. This will not be a Nedzi Classified adjacent podcast, um, but really just a, a one-off. And with me, as always, to talk pretty much about all things media is one Renan Fontes. Ren, how are we doing?
1: That's me, Renan Fontes. My mom thinks I podcast too much, but I don't get it. uh
0: red which which of the side characters do you feel I was most like I'm most like? like am I like question mark? You're que- yeah, you're question mark okay. <laughs> you are question mark that's what I thought yeah i I felt I felt that where I'm just asking a hundred questions in response to things. I could sure. see you
1: being a Zeke too. okay,
0: yeah, or what about uh, scary Terry? Do you think any scary. scary Terry in me?
1: maybe maybe in another life if, yeah. if you were unsettled a lot as a kid. If you yes. were unsettled more as a kid, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this is is Phantom
0: of the Megaplex, Ren. Um, you and I. Sorry, I'm just now looking at the lunatics picture here. Um, <laughs> I don't know where their skin starts and their suit begins. I think it's all skin. I hate it. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> So, Rent, you and I did not watch anything that's Declassified-related this week. Instead, you and I watched uh, Phantom of the Megaplex.
1: That's right. This yes. was one of my favorite Disney Channel movies growing up. It was, uh, it was sad revisiting it today. <laughs> I felt like a childhood memory was yeah. ruined. Me
0: so you and I watched this together.
1: We did, um, years ago. Like,
0: uh, two or three years ago. And I don't remember feeling like it was bad.
1: Like I remember making fun of it, but it was it was more of a uh, it was enjoyable. I remember, you know. Yeah. But I think taking a critical eye to it and actually scrutinizing what's there, it's uh, it's interesting. It made me realize. I think I prefer Disney Channel original movies with commercials, so I can yeah. kind of take a breather and get myself ready for the next act.
0: Yeah, I don't really know where the commercial started and ended here with um, Phantom of the Megaplex. I was trying to find, like, natural commercial breaks, but instead it just felt like every scene was a heavy hitter. Like,
1: weird uh, fade-ins, too. Scenes would just randomly cut in and out. Which yeah. seemed to be, like, on account of commercial breaks.
0: Mm-hmm. The, yeah. So, um, yeah, so my my history with this was pretty much similar to you. It was my favorite Disney Channel original movie growing up. Like, not even just Halloween, but like, my favorite, favorite Disney Channel original movie growing up. Um, and I really, like, I love the movies. You like the movies, too, so I I, I wonder yeah. if that's probably potentially why you liked it so much. I liked it so much. I love going to the movies. Um, I liked that the scary elements came from, like, oh, the titles of the movies are taking place in real life, or, like, the plots are affecting what's happening to the theater.
1: I... For me, it's it's what exactly what you said about the movies. Mm-hmm. It, all we, I loved going to the movies as a kid. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll go over this when we eventually do Full House. But uh, <laughs> no. there's an early episode where Danny he's like doing his like end of episode heartwarming speech for DJ, but he makes yeah. a comment about like the magic of the movies and being there while it's happening, and then it ends and that magic stopped and you have to go home. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. There's something. There was always something special about going to the movies as a kid. Yeah, It felt like, you know, just kind of getting transported to another world. Because when you're young, you also don't realize the difference between good media and bad media as clearly.
0: No. No, it's just like pretty much... It's less about like, is this good or bad? And more about like, is this cool or not? Yeah. Right? Like, does this make my imagination run wild? Exactly. I feel like this definitely did that. It accomplished its goal when I was younger. Um, But I don't feel like this was uh quality wise uh, an outstanding movie right um let's so let, let's do this let's maybe talk through some of our characters um and then i don't really want to go necessarily beat to beat through the movie but okay uh, thank
1: god because i yeah. tried i really did try yeah. like taking notes for every single scene but no. this movie so much of it is exposition it and is things keep cutting back and forth it's it's <laughs> exhausting yeah, so let's let's kind of start
0: there. So our, the we start with like about 20 minutes. It feels like 20 minutes really realistically, maybe like 10 minutes, yeah. like 10 to 15 minutes of the main character introducing everything, giving us so so much
1: background into like, this movie theater. Too much background. We get a history of the town, a history <laughs> of the theater, introductions to every single member. Mm-hmm. Of the supporting cast. Like we we don't even get some of the main characters, but we get the entire supporting cast. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. Um uh, so we have our main character, Pete Riley, who is a 17 year old workaholic, right
1: That's right. And uh I have a lot of things to say about Pete Riley, but I think they'll be more relevant later. Okay. Yeah. Um he is
0: um let's like Ren, what are two words you
1: could use to describe Pete here? Well, the word they use—the one word they use to describe him—is serious. Yeah, yes. Like besides hardworking, he is serious. He's a—he's a no-nonsense guy. He just wants to mm-hmm. work, and this is a—this uh, is a bad thing. And you know, this is a very common arc for movies. Mm-hmm. Like this is like Jim Carrey's staple: the liar, liar, dad, not spending enough time with his kids because of work. Yes, except Basically, in this case, <laughs> the, <laughs> the kid. <laughs> the kid's not spending enough time with his siblings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. it's basically that arc on a fundamental level. Yeah. But the thing is, they don't push Pete's workaholicism that far. It's like he works a lot for a seventeen-year-old, but like, it's also around the age where you, if, if you're smart, you probably want to start working.
0: Yep. Yep. Like, what else? What else is he supposed to be doing? And it's yeah. You one could argue, oh, because he works so much, he doesn't have a social life. But he clearly has social connections at the theater with the people who he works with. And that's like that's natural.
1: Right? You end yeah. up making a lot of connections with the people who you work with. Um so he also has enough social clout to ask a girl out on a date and she shows up. Yeah, so it's well, not like he's mm-hmm. completely disconnected.
0: Yeah, I thought this was social circles. I thought that that element was amazing. So he invites this girl and uh, her friend to see a movie and then attend the world premiere, which is like the, the big climax of the movie, and then attend the big world premiere. Later on that evening, um, she shows up and he's so he's like gonna entertain her like while working. So he's yeah. kind of doing both. Yeah.
1: Like from what I can see, he's got a handle of this work social life thing. Yeah, like he can he can have his social life at work. That's the perfect scenario. You're gonna need to work. Mm-hmm. In like, the ending to his arc, it I think it really dawned on me for the first time how much it frustrated me. And I can't remember if it used to or not. Yeah. I don't,
0: um, I didn't remember the ending of this movie as well as I thought I did.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um But yeah, once you get to that end, Ren, uh, with, you know, it ends with him getting, uh, receiving 50 bucks to go eat some pancakes. <laughs> like, I was like, what is this journey we just went on? It's, uh, it's, like,
1: it's like a Reddit post. Like, everyone <laughs> clapped for me. I got $100. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah and there's there's so much there's so much here so all right so that's pete pete is going to be essentially working the movie theater uh this movie takes place uh, over the course of a big premiere night like a, like i said um oddly enough the movie theater is going to be open for regular showings for a few hours before the yep. premiere which yeah, i'm sure that happens in hollywood right usually if you have a big premiere i'm sure the theater is showing uh you know, your are four o'clock showing a Finding
1: Nemo, so six o'clock, the premiere can happen. And, like, um, <laughs> the thing is, I, like, they, they keep it so close. The showtimes end as soon as the premiere begins. Yes. It's
0: insane. Terrible, terrible planning. But don't worry, Pete is here. He is the youngest assistant manager uh, in the history of this theater, so he's here. Um, we have Sean McGibbon, Ren, who is the senior manager of the theater. Uh he is he
1: oversees everything. He's the only adult here. Uh, he's the only ad- well, there's one other adult on staff, Merlin. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's true. Um but it for the most part, right? He's because the other the other adult is like he's tech, like he does
1: his own thing. Sean is interesting to me. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like his actor is giving a compelling performance for a completely different movie sometimes. Mm-hmm. There, there's just something about the energy his actors bringing to the role. It's, it's it's not bad, but it's it's off with the rest of the film. Do you do you know what I'm saying? I do, I do. He he just has like
0: a lot of uh, really kind of like intense energy. It's clear that he wants the job that he doesn't get. Um, and then we also so I I think the most notable thing about the character Sean McGibbon Wren is uh, Sean is going to find himself tied up uh and duct taped multiple times
1: throughout the night that's right he repeatedly gets tied up duct taped yes and like hung up on things yes
0: by the phantom
1: by the phantom yes he's always hung up in a way where another person would have had to do it to him (laughs) the phantom remember that detail
0: that's john um sean really wants to be like the main manager right um he wants
1: to be general manager general
0: manager uh he learns early in the movie that that position gets passed over he gets passed over for that position um wolfgang Niedermeyer, who is the owner of the theater uh gives it to his uh son-in-law yes instead La
1: Don- La- what's his name
0: ladonica i think
1: La Don- i think it's something like that yeah it's it was yeah uh, yes. So th- this also frustrated me for, I think, the first time watching it. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that Sean gets passed over for nepotism, we see that LaDonda is completely incompetent as- at his job later. And yeah. it- it's just th- this movie. I don't know if it thinks. <laughs> I don't know if it considers the consequences. Uh, I don't think it-, it
0: does. I don't think that there's any consequences to be considered here uh so ren we have uh we're gonna then meet pete's gonna introduce us to other staff members at the theater um i want to talk about them just for their names alone but don't worry i don't think they'll be brought up for the rest of this conversation <laughs> <laughs> right other than maybe hillary
1: yeah and even then i think we could get around saying her name yeah yeah <laughs> we got Rick, uh, ricky rules yeah ricky leary
0: mm-hmm
1: he has yep. the cor- correct procedure for anything and does everything by the book.
0: Awesome. Good for him. Good for
1: him. There's uh Scary Terry, Terry Tortora. She's yeah. a theater worker who loves telling scary stories. Yeah, all of her stories end in death and destruction.
0: It's kind of her thing. She has like the uh like dark
1: makeup on, like black lipstick, red streak in her hair. Yeah. Yep. Uh <laughs> She's kind of into the whole phantom thing. Yeah, she she likes the phantom.
0: Yeah, yeah. She and then at the end, uh, when we hear talks of a potential werewolf, um, she, that's also something that we can we see her character buying into.
1: Who do you uh, think? Uh, we'll, we'll get to the werewolf later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Hillary, Hillary, Honey, Hillary Horan, mm-hmm. uh, a grandma in a teenager's body, which is not what I got out of her character at all. Yeah, I. <laughs> Like, you know, if you're going to go grandma, go grandma. Let's see some knitting. Let's see some uh, geriatric dentures. Yeah,
0: Something like uh, they mentioned that the premiere is at midnight and she's like, oh, like, I got to be home by six for dinner.
1: Or maybe like she's like, I feel rain in these old bones.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Alludes. Yeah. Alludes a lot to like golfing in Florida. Um, <laughs> her, she talks about her timeshare. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we see her putting a lot of skin cream on to try to reduce the wrinkles. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, none of that though.
1: Instead it's just like she's a, a nice person. Yeah, she's, she calls people sweetie and honey a lot. Mm-hmm. Babe. Yeah. Baby, <laughs> get over here. I think I missed babe. <laughs> no, I added that one. Yeah,
0: okay. Yeah, I missed Hillary uh, shouting out uh, <laughs> Pete Riley, <laughs> hey babe, get over here. <laughs> And Pete's like, okay, Grandma. Um, yeah, question mark we already talked about. Yeah, Mark um,
1: Jeffries. A bit slow-witted, but always asking questions. I'm just right. reading the Wikipedia description. Yeah. And then uh, Racy Lacy, uh, Lacey Ling. She's quick in movement and personality. What's a quick personality like? Uh, good question. Okay. Maybe she's just kind of... Maybe she changes her personality a lot. Yeah, okay. She she goes like she's only the way we know her in the movie today, but the next day completely different. It's actually very scary to work with. You never know what Racy Lacy's going <laughs> to
0: <laughs> like today. Um yeah, and the name suggests something different. Yeah, potentially. Uh Racy Lacy could be someone who is questionable. Um who says things that are perhaps a little bit racy. right. That's right. You know, saying mm-hmm. some bad
1: words. Yeah. Um, okay. And we meet Merle. Even on a simple question, he has a habit of saying too complicated of an answer in return.
2: Yeah. He's I, didn't,
1: pro- I don't get that impression from the movie.
0: Me neither. He's the head projectionist. Um, He gets one scene, really, one scene where the kids are with him. And he talks one of my then... least favorite scenes in the movie. yeah and they you know do like I... a like an English please kind of response.
1: English please.
0: You know you know what oh I, mean? I, I got you. yeah so... you, yeah and like uh, like tech movies when a tech person explains something and then they're
1: English scientist.
0: yeah, the cool guy is like, oh,
1: okay, like all right, English please. I don't speak nerd. yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but in that scene he's ta- he's like, yeah, I just gotta replace the uh, the light bulb with the projector. And the kids are like, English, please. <laughs> uh, okay. It made, made decent sense to me. But also, it's not something that needs to make sense. Yeah, so we get...
1: These are our characters here. It's uh, it's one Power Ranger too many, in my opinion. Too many characters at once. Well, don't
0: worry, because our list of characters is going to continue to grow. That was just the people who work at the theater, <laughs> Ren. Uh, there's uh, Movie Mason. Ugh.
1: I hate Movie Mason. I right. truly, truly despise him. Movie Mason is an, an old man who does not, I'm very clear
0: here, does not work at the movie theater. He is That's not employed. Right. He shows up each week with a work schedule in which Sean McGibbons, the, uh, gen- the senior manager, looks at it and throws it out. Uh, but Mason continues to show up uh, because he loves
1: the movies. He, he's a liability and a risk in every way. He, I don't like him. I honestly, if I went to a movie theater and Movie Mason was there, mm-hmm. I feel like there'd be a really good chance I'd lose my temper at him.
0: Yeah, well, so you'd be like the, the guy later on uh, Movie Mason, even <laughs> though he is not employed, does get put in charge of taking <laughs> tickets um, to an angry crowd, and he uh, refuses to admit certain guests to the theater because the movie that they're going to see is
1: objectively bad. Um. So you you would be mad at him you think right? i would be furious at mm-hmm. him i would i would not have been as patient as those two men were with <laughs> movie mason like yeah. the, the only reason they keep movie mason around is because he's an institution you know we don't yes. need that here get rid of him
0: i he's love old news what i love is every time we see him he like he's doing something that is so prob like so problematic so um like makes things so much harder for the people who are actually employed but we're um, always
1: supposed to find him lovable. Yes, and like then the old man dumbass antics are whimsical. Well, because what I was going to say, and then we have the two kids who always are showing up
0: next to him, and they're like, "Don't be mean to Movie Mason.
1: He's a legend. He just yeah. doesn't want you to see your movie. He's an icon for it."
0: Hmm. Um. No. 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 No.
1: Bryce, look. When it comes down to it, a man in crisis should not be burdened by irrelevant details. Movies are not about commerce. Movies are about magic. I hate him. <laughs> I, I do not like Movie Mason. Did you know he was...
0: R- r- rumor has it... Uh, So his parents owned the old theater that was built on this lot, Run,
1: And when it got knocked down, there was someone in the theater. I bet they knocked it down while Movie Mason was inside to get yeah. rid of him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they told Movie Mason, oh, shoot, we left... Uh, uh, we left something very important. We left the film reel. Inside? Go get it. Yeah, em. inside the theater. I can go grab it. And you win anything. Knocked the building down and somehow Movie Mason, with his plot armor, made it out alive. So we get Movie Mason. He's here. He's at the the uh, Megaplex the night of the premiere. Uh, so are Caitlin and Lisa.
1: <laughs> They're, uh, that's the girl. Yeah. She wants to date the both of them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's two girls um, who are here, and those are invited by Pete. Pete wants them to have a good time, and uh, then maybe they'll hang out with Pete on, like, a date or something like that. Um, uh, We also have Ren. So that's going to be difficult for Pete, uh, because we're going to have Pete's adversary.
1: Mark Hoffman.
0: (laughs) Yeah, who's going to be here... At the movies the same night, Donny. It, it's
1: Donny, Don, Donny Holly, Donny Honey. I don't know his last name. They call him well, uh, Donny Holly. This is, the thing is, Pete calls him Holly at first when he's first introduced in the first scene, oh, and okay. Donnie for the rest of the movie. Yeah, just a, just another bad bad writing example from Phantom of the Megaplex.
0: Yeah, Donny is gonna be our like our villain, um, or not our villain, but like our like our Bully. douchebag.
1: Yeah, our bully. He's like a biff.
0: Yes. Yeah, he's gonna um, try to be there to like uh, pretty much intercept these girls.
1: And he um, has a friend who says nothing?
0: Yeah. Yeah, the friend. Yeah. Um. So as if this wasn't convoluted enough, right? <laughs> <laughs> we
1: have Pete's uh, family to <sighs> talk about. That's right. Karen, Brian, Mom, and George. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and I want you to know, so this is where things might get confusing in our conversation. Um, So what is her name, Karen? Karen is the sister. All right, I wrote down Kristen uh, throughout the entire document except for the end. Um, Her name is definitely Karen. Yeah, it's Karen. Yes. Um, So I just want to be clear if I at one point start talking about Kristen I'm talking about Karen. Karen, okay. (laughs) Um, But so she's here um, as, as well as Brian, who's Pete's brother.
1: Yeah, Little Pete.
0: Little Pete. Yes. They love the movies.
1: They These love two. the movies so much because their father, who loved movies, died watching a movie.
2: Yeah.
1: He, he saw Avatar and had a heart attack at the IMAX. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was too much for
0: him. Radic. Yeah, there's... <laughs> Uh, The way that they, like, they talk about dad, they're like, yeah, dad used to love the movies. Uh, I remember, like, when dad took us to go see, like, our very first movie, and he bought popcorn, and he told us to only eat one piece at a time and let it soak in our mouth. (laughs) Like, they're very weird, the way that they talk about their dad in the movies.
1: It's, uh, it's like the movies was the only thing he did with them. (laughs) I like to think he was very quiet and cruel at home, but when watching a movie, they'd see him smile and they'd know.
0: Or he like, potentially, maybe he was busy and he would just drop them off at the movies every Saturday so he could (laughs) go golf. They're like, yeah, dad loved the movies. Like, he would love to drop us off and then pick us up and we'd tell him what we saw as (laughs) he
1: nod off. (laughs) This is a good dad. It's important to give kids free time. Yeah. Do we find out how he dies? No, but I think we can assume it was movie-related.
0: It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He choked on a popcorn kernel. Uh, he looked in a mirror in Movie Mason. Uh, it was like movie Mason added there. him to
1: his collection. Yeah. Pete also has a mom. Ju- Julie? Julia? Sure. Her name is uh, is Julie. Yeah, it's Julie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it can be Julie. Julie mom.
0: Yeah. Uh, she's going to get
1: scenes all by herself in this movie, Ren i hate them i hate every time she has a scene i hate her stupid grin i hate that she won't stop smiling even your when mind, she, even when she's frowning it's like she's smiling she
0: reminds me a lot of an
1: off-brand donna from the west wing i
0: she's don't know
1: very, if yeah. she has a very insincere energy i know who donna is from dennis's class bryce don't no i agree? okay okay <laughs> um yeah
0: So they, for whatever reason, the writer said, we want to shoehorn um, a plot here in which mom is going to, um, going to engage, uh, get engaged with a boyfriend that she's had
1: for a long time. George. George. The kids love George. They want George to propose.
0: Which is, that's, uh, I thought that was at least unique. That doesn't usually happen.
1: No, it's, it's a... But, like, it exists to justify the inclusion of this entire romance subplot. And mm-hmm. for that, I have to hate it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I get what it, you're saying, though. Yeah, well, because usually it's, like, the kids are really out on the potential step-parent. Yeah. So here they're, like, they're open, they're willing. Um, but it's, like, because of that and because of the fact that the mom is open to it, too, and George is a lovely, lovely guy, that it makes this plot painful.
1: It makes you root against him on
0: yeah. every level. Yeah, because there's no reason for us to be invested or care at all about what's going to happen. Because worst comes to worst, they're going to be happy together. Like, yeah. no one's unhappy here. <laughs>
1: right? Let, let's make them unhappy.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so we have that. There, uh, so mom's going to go out on a date with George. As a result, uh, Karen wants to go see University of Death uh but mom says no you can't see that um instead take your brother to go see farmer brown goes to town karen comes up with a plan to bring brian to farmer brown goes to town and then pretty much dump him there just like her uh dad used to do to them on saturdays and then go see uh university of death with
1: her friends did you notice how many cuts back and forth this scene had with actors just looking at each other for a second too long,
2: no.
1: it was agonizing for me. Mm-hmm. Well, like it we'd was... see Brian, then we'd mm-hmm. see the mom. It'd be like a second. Then Brian says something. A second of silence. The mom. It's just, eh, it's it's it adds to the runtime. This this movie is the rare decom that's an hour and a half, and it's because it wastes time. Well, like you said too,
0: it was like a ton of setup, right? Like. This, this scene was super long and just builds into, we've now spent about like 15 to
1: 20 minutes of the movie just setting up what we're about to see. And can we talk about that awful theme song that's playing in the background of this first scene?
0: I, I, I don't know it specifically, but I'm picturing it to be the classic nineties, like suburban song because that's what their house looks like, uh, just like any other house featured in a nineties suburban film.
1: This movie, I mm-hmm. I used to like it so much.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and now it's, uh, you
1: know, not the best. How about not Pete eating a mouthful of cereal from the last <laughs> serving bowl ever? Mm, I'm starving.
0: Red, I'm so happy you said that. Jenna, Jenna was like, what is he eating out of that uh, flower pot? Nicole like,
1: also made a comment about the giant bowl. Yeah,
0: yeah I wrote, Pete is eating cornflakes. Out of the biggest bowl I've ever seen. Why was it so big? Would prop department not have access to another bowl?
1: We, uh, so they bought a bunch of bowls. They were all big bowls. Yeah. Couldn't do anything about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotta, make, get, gotta so make use of them. Pete's, like, struggling to eat his cereal. And then in this same scene at home, we get... um. Uh, it's not the same scene, but, like, this, the same setting. We later get Karen trying to make mac and cheese. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which... They showed us, like, we had like a 15 second shot of her, like, cutting open the packet of cheese and then pouring it. And Jenna was like, yeah. This has to be an ad. Like, this has to be product placement. And I'm like, There's no box for craft. There's no box for anything.
1: Yeah, there's no like, label on the cheese. It's just
0: strangely, we're watching her make mac and
1: cheese. Bryce, I got a question for you. Okay. Who loved movies more than dad? Damn. Sad chord. Dad <laughs> is dead theme.
0: Yeah no one yeah. yeah so what did
1: you think about the mom calling the little kids the littles
0: um i thought so i thought that was interesting you liked it um, yeah. <laughs> yeah i liked it
1: <laughs> yeah I, I think it's probably disrespectful to the kids <laughs> it's so it's just another weird layer to the movie that i i think the scriptwriter, who by the way Wrote the screenplay for the original Land Before Time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Was hoping would be charming and make these characters a bit more unique. Which yep. makes me hate them. Yeah. And I don't want to hear this mom talking about the littles. No. Just call no, them your but... children. Can you pick up your
0: siblings? If they were setting the table, Ren, because they know that we're about to spend about 20 minutes of the next 90
1: minutes with mom. So they have to make her like us. Uh, they have to make us like her. Well, mom does bring up a very interesting point. Mm-hmm. Does Pete work at the Megaplex because his dad loved movies? No, no. Right, he's in it for the uh, the money. He doesn't care about his father. He never even had a good relationship with them.
0: Yeah, I thought um that theme like w- felt so thrown into our face the whole time. Like Pete could not give two craps
1: about the movies. Like it's it's only his brother and sister. He doesn't even really give a shit about his dad. No. Like, no, though, this one scene with, with his mom, and it's really just like, oh, yeah, dad liked movies. Not even like dad sure loved us.
0: Well, so like, well, what I'm saying like he could work at like the grocery store and have the same amount of care and effort as he does here. Like, it's the fact that it's a megaplex makes no difference to him. Who loved
1: doing groceries more than dad?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Who loved, who loved the cereal aisle more than dad? <laughs> where he would always buy me my cornflakes so I could go home and eat them of the world's biggest bowl. He's a hungry boy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, gotta eat his Wheaties before the big premiere. Um, all right, at, uh, at the theater, Ren, uh, Sean is going to start hiccuping. He's very nervous. They're going to notice the balloons are tied up to the ceiling.
1: Well, okay. Bryce, half the staff called out.
0: Yeah, half them called out, which is like whatever. Good for them. Yeah. I don't you know. What?
1: Screw Sean. Yeah. <laughs> um what
0: else? Uh Karen and Brian are t- like Brian's concerned about Karen's plan of being left alone in the theater. He specifically cites that he's afraid he might drown.
1: Yeah, uh I don't like Brian. <laughs> yeah. I don't... Uh, Brian, Brian has that, like, little kid energy I very much dislike. Yeah. He, he's just, just relentless. He won't stop. He's like the, the boy in Jurassic Park, where he's just... he's pretty annoying. You want him to get eaten by the dinosaurs. You do. Sorry, yeah, you're the ho- mayhem monsters. The term dinosaur does not exist in this universe.
0: Yeah. You're hoping, uh... Yeah. You're hoping that, that Brian doesn't make it... That potentially Brian maybe does... I don't know. Do you think he's gonna drown in the movie theater?
1: What are, look, what are the odds?
0: What brown? Yeah, what are the odds of Brian of Brian drowning alone in the movie theater because he can't swim? Not high enough. Okay, That's, I mean, have have you been to the movies lately? The soda. It's a the, lot of soda. Like those cups that they give
1: machines? you.
0: Well, no, not the machines. But if you order like a medium soda, it's a it's a bucket.
1: Yeah, soda sizes are getting bigger. It's huge. So, what's your what's your preferred soda size at the movie theater?
0: I think I, so I have like AMC stubs, which allows me to, it, I get like a free upgrade. So yeah. if I, if I get a, lar- a medium, I'm getting a large, but I'm paying for a medium. But if I get a large, you can't, there's no
1: up from there. So you just get so, mediums. So I always, I, yeah, I get a medium, then it's an upgrade to a large. So you're basically like the Six Flags guy. I was, when Movie Pass existed, I was. You're, yeah. You were drinking more soda than you were worth your weight in gold.
0: I was, yeah, yeah. Um, the movie th- I was making money off of going to the movies.
1: Like the amount of soda you were drinking, it was as if you were making money.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Right. Well, no. So it, uh, so my movie. So when I had movie pass, you would, I would use my AMC Stubs to get that ticket with movie pass, which I was spending ten bucks a month for. If I would go to the movies like six, eight, nine times a month, I would rack up those points, and then I would have like twenty bucks in AMC stubs, rewards. I can't could, right, I was getting paid to go to the movies. That you could use towards soda. That I
1: could use towards soda. Overpriced soda. Right. Nice. So it was a big win for me. <clears throat> Good old 20 2018? 2017?
0: Yeah. Uh yeah, 2018. Yep. Those are the days. Um and that's like so I watch Phantom of the Megaplex and I think about how much time I've spent at the movies and just how disrespectful this movie is
1: towards <laughs> the cinema experience like it's it's amazing to me that a movie that stylizes itself as a love letter to movies mm-hmm. seemingly despises and has the most cynical take on movies it does like yeah. our champion of movies is movie mason who berates people on their opinions of films and outright refuses to let them go see the movies they want to see mm-hmm. one of the main character Karen. Several of her scenes involve her and her friends talking loudly in a movie, getting shushed, and then making fun of the person shushing them. Shushed. This, it infuriates me on such a deep level. <laughs> then we have Brian being disrespectful to Merle, the uh, projector, never apologizing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the child screaming at an adult that he's the phantom.
1: <laughs> it's it's insufferable. Mm-hmm. It, and it, it goes into Disney Channel's biggest problem, which is their love of completely unlikable characters, I don't know what it is with Disney Channel writers, mm. but they do not know how to make their characters likable. They think, think it's endearing, but it's, it's just frustrating. Were you, do you think that Mitchell Musso could have added just the bit of spice we needed here? If Mitchell Musso were in this movie, Bryce, I think uh-huh. I would need to like write him a letter and ask him to just to retroactively stop. Go back in time and prevent yourself from doing anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, I so hope that we, at one point, revisit some piece of media with Mitchell Musso. (laughs) I I can't imagine a world where we don't.
0: Um, Okay, let's talk through, so it's premiere night, Ren. Um, Things are going to start to go wrong. Let's kind of, I think maybe let's just talk through some different things that are going wrong at the movies. Does that work? Yeah, that works. Yeah. Okay. Um so like uh, we already talked about the movie ticket line
1: gets backed up. This is not the doing of the phantom though, right? No, this is Movie Mason. Yeah. He screwed everything up. Yeah. Well, He's actually a... this is the doing. Do, do do we just want to give it away so we can discuss it openly?
0: Yeah, let's do it. So Ren, who who is the phantom? Sean is obviously the phantom.
1: Yeah, yeah I did see all, it There's no other candidate in this movie. <laughs> But yeah, Sean appoints Movie Mason to be ticket taker, Mm -hmm. which naturally screws up the entire line because Movie Mason is an incompetent old man who has not held a job for decades at this point.
0: Yep, Sabotages his own theater here um, by letting Movie Mason take tickets. Yeah, I just, I couldn't get over the absurdity of, and I know I I already talked about it, but the absurdity, Wren, of them having multiple sold-out showings the same night of a big premiere in this movie people,
1: theater, re- people really want to see "Uh, Farmer Brown, Power Penguins for Olympic Glory, and mm-hmm. University of Death." These fake movie names suck. They That's do. Another thing what, I didn't like about this movie.
0: What was the what? one that was supposed to be like uh like the one that movie Mason wanted people to see? Visions of glimpses of,
1: glimpses of Genevieve. Yeah, glimpses. Yeah, it's so stupid. <laughs> Just um, some real movies. Just it, this is supposed to be a movie about movies. Mm-hmm. Some old movies. Yeah, they use the real Phantom of the Opera.
0: Yes, which, by the way, first premiered in the theater that was knocked down
1: <laughs> before this got made. That's right. And apparently, that wasn't a historic enough reason to keep the theater up. <laughs> uh.
0: Okay. So some of the things that go wrong. So we have that. Um. The. Uh, Karen and Brian are there. Uh, Don't worry. They have mom's pager number. So they're going to be safe. Uh, They go to get candy. And that's when Donnie, the bully, comes over and is like, oh, it's stuck. And he like pulls it and then gumballs fly everywhere. Uh, But don't worry. Pete's there. He saves the day by taking the real hockey stick that they're using on a cardboard display of a hockey movie to uh, go ahead and hockey, like, shoot all the gumballs into the trash can with the hockey puck. Yeah, but
1: he's only, he's only getting, like, four or five gumballs at a time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not me. that impressive. Nope, it's not efficient. Uh,
0: This is also after a lot of people have had some very big falls. Yeah. bunch very... of
1: people slipped, fell. At least one person, I'm sure, is bleeding.
0: There are some lawsuits coming Pete's way. <laughs> um, but Pete's going to rally the crowd, get them all to watch him play some hockey. I, Yeah. So.
1: Cinema is sacred, Bryce. Mm-hmm. Each experience should transport us to a world worthy of our time and hard-earned cash. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the, this hockey thing drove me insane. I was like, why would there be a real hockey stick there? He's not being efficient. Like, He's it would be
1: put- a cardboard hockey stick mm-hmm. for the cardboard It cut-out. would be. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um... Okay, so now things are actually going to start to go wrong uh, in the theaters themselves, right? Well, so movie Mason, he's fired. He's like, let go. Yeah. Just, that's the whole thing. So we expect to not
1: see him again. Um, Karen brings Brian to his theater to yes. land him down in Farmer Brown. Yes.
0: um, And she says, stay here, uh... But also watch out for the cinema sitter?
1: Yes, we get introduced to, I think, my favorite and least favorite concept in this movie, these cinema so this is, the cinema sitters. So, yeah. The <laughs> cinema sitter makes sure that no one is wandering the hall when all the movies are playing simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And the cinema sitter also prevents you from using the bathroom during movies.
0: Yeah, is this the, the descendant of a uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang's The Child Catcher?
1: Uh, it is this is the like evolution
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, you know how
1: like the turtle became the tortoise,
0: yes, just yes. like that, yeah, the child catcher becomes the, the sitter <laughs> um I just, and this concept was introduced to us as if it was something that we're supposed to know about, yeah, right? like,
1: it's a thing that exists mm-hmm. in any movie theater,
0: yeah, the old lady who we're gonna see her giving karen and brian a hard time on multiple occasions for just not being in their theater or not being in their seat like um what they can't
1: go get concessions they can't mm-hmm. use the bathroom you terrible business model this Rick. logic makes no sense yeah. just to complicate the plot yeah karen's like
0: oh yeah i gotta go get popcorn and the, the cinema sitter is like nah uh nope no, we're not doing that. Yeah, it does complicate the plot, um, because now it's like, oh, now they have to be tied to their theaters. Well, really, Um,
1: all this really does is add in, like, five scenes where Karen and Brian are going back and forth from the bathroom.
0: Yeah. And it's infuriating to watch. To watch them keep on missing each other. At one point, Karen blends in with a a display poster. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay um what is this pete is checking on brian uh okay yeah, yeah yeah uh glimpses of genevieve this is gonna be the first movie that's going to have some issues tonight um it's gonna the projector is gonna be unfocused right
1: fix the projector
0: yeah uh don't worry pete's here again to the rescue he's gonna announce himself as the uh the assistant manager or
1: whatever I and... love that the audience immediately yeah. turns on him.
0: Some some guy yells, "Do you want a medal?" And they and start throwing at stuff him. at him. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, that's all it is. And then they they restart the movie. So that's fine. It's fixed. We got, a,
1: we got a popcorn emergency.
0: We do. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the popcorn machine's gonna keep on going and going, and they're not gonna know how to stop it. Uh, Pete again to the rescue uh, pulls the plug literally just unplugs it and that fixes mm-hmm. it yeah um which makes sense this is smart this is obvious
1: uh for uh, my next scene my notes just say these girls won't shut the fuck up during the movie
0: yeah are you talking about when karen uh when, when friend... karen gets
1: dared to literally scream during the film about how hot phil dalton is like uh, and then her friend just stands up and says my name is karen riley and i love phil dalton like this is human behavior in a movie theater. Why? Why do this? Why? Why? Ren, when when I went I and, Disney Channel,
0: when I went and saw Aladdin, um, the live action one, um, someone stood up and they said, "My name is uh is Karen Riley, and I think Iago is hot." Did you clap? I clapped. Yeah, the whole whole theater did. The lights came on. The movie actually ended there because I was, you know, what Can't we were all there that. for. Yep. Um. No, it makes me think of, um, in one of the episodes of The Office, Pam goes to make an announcement, and I believe it's uh, Meredith who says, Little Miss Thing wants attention. Yes. Uh, that's, what this, <laughs> that's what this was. This was the, their friend standing up
1: and saying, Little Miss Thing wants attention. Um, I I am a shusher. I will shush anyone and everyone yep. in movie theaters. Yep. yep. I do not condone it. I will. I will escalate things if it means silence. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: when I saw Shang Chi, I found myself sitting next to uh, a child who was maybe three or four, um, and I was very, very nervous. But um, their their parent was like on it. The second that the kid started to make any sound,
1: the the parent was like, "Nope, like nope, you can't That's- do that." Me and me and that parent will be working together, tag team. <laughs> keep that kid quiet
0: you'd like introduce yourself before the movie you'd be like hey i'm rand i'm gonna be sitting in seat g6 i see your kid is sitting in g5 i'm gonna be Um, helping
1: you out during the show (laughs) you can you can count on me to keep him quiet
0: yeah if you need anything let me know even if you don't i might jump in don't don't be threatened by it just know it's like i'm here for the same reason as you to see a movie
1: don't hesitate Uh, to let me yell at him
0: yeah um I wonder if this movie, so they just made, remade Under Wraps, which was a, a Disney Channel original movie. I wonder if this one would ever get remade and what that would look like in today's modern time.
1: Phantom of the Dolby Theater? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dolby Surround Sound?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: we'd we have the Phantom the, of the uh, IMAX. We could set it a Jordan's Furniture. Oh my gosh, yeah. We could have yeah. like, you know, that little uh, Bean Town downstairs. Mm-hmm. Little water show. Hey, yeah. Bryce and Ren hit up Jordan's?
0: You, yeah, should you and I do a live podcast from... Not, I don't know about live, it doesn't need to be live, but should we do a podcast from Jordan's? I don't see why
1: not, I think that'd be fun. We could find a lot of quiet places to record. Yeah, it doesn't need to be super quiet, right? But yeah, could we be... could have people like coming in and out, being like, hey, you guys, Bryson Wren, yeah, yeah. yeah, have a seat, let's do it. That's quick, us, quick yeah. Q&A. yeah.
0: Okay, I'm open to it. <laughs> I'm open to it. I think it would need to make sense um, as to why we were there.
1: So you will find like a furniture theme or like a like jelly bean theme yeah if there's a
0: bean like a nezzy classified beans episode or something yeah.
1: well the if there's the lunch lady shows up she'd in the beans there we go there we go
2: mm-hmm.
1: all right we got jordan's down yep uh yeah and so uh karen and her
0: friends we don't really see a ton of of them interacting but did you notice that when Karen was first going into this theater. Karen's friend was welcoming people, like holding the door open and welcoming.
1: I did, and I it was very weird.
0: Yeah. Okay, come on I, in.
1: Like, I I don't know what to make of it.
0: I don't know. It makes me think like maybe she's someone who's like also too comfortable at the movies. Right, like, like this is her home.
1: Just that but if this were her home, surely she would treat it with respect. <laughs>
0: um Okay, what else do we see? Yeah, Sean is uh, Sean goes missing. Okay. That's right. The
1: Phantom briefly kills Sean.
0: Yeah. So we assume Sean, Sean could be dead. Um but that's okay. We got movies. Uh we got uh put <laughs> butts in and we got movies to show. So, you know, staff is just going to keep on doing as they're doing. Um Gone, gone to Black. There's a movie called Gone to Black. The lights are going to be flashing there. Pete's going to uh, try to figure out the projection. The audience is going to go insane. So it's similar to glimpses. Genevieve.
1: Merle's missing.
0: Yeah, where's Merle? Has anyone seen Merle? I haven't seen him. Have you seen him? I haven't seen Merle. Someone get Merle. It uh, looks oh. like
1: there's sabotage on our hands, Bryce. Yeah,
0: there could be sabotage, Brian thinks. So Brian, at this point, is now like Pete's sidekick um, for a little bit. And the movie, the
1: movie gets considerably worse now.
0: It does. Yeah, like, it, it wasn't
1: is. great, but it's it's gonna start to dip.
0: Everywhere Pete goes, Brian goes to uh, hype up the Phantom and possible revenge happening here. Uh, uh, so Pete is going to be going like on the escalator with Karen and Brian. The escalators are gonna stop and then reverse their directions. Pete's just, they're going to turn around and just, like, work with it. But Pete's
1: never going to look into that. Kind of <sighs> bothered me. Well, look, Bryce, if you pay attention, movies can teach you about life.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: This movie is exhausting. Teach me? It's what? It's This movie is exhausting. Exhausting? Like, I feel like there I are so many in- nothing worthless scenes. Mm-hmm. It it takes energy away from me to even remember that there is a scene where the elevator briefly reverses.
2: Yeah, like well, I'm let's... going through
1: my notes and a, there are like four scenes of Karen and her friends just talking in the movies. It's just it's insane the jumping back and forth we do here. For let's no reason.
0: let's talk about this one for a second. Um, okay. I don't know if we've already passed this at this point, but that that's okay. We'll kind of jump around from here on out. Um, but when the the girl that Pete is interested in. Um, says, I like your red bow tie, and Pete uh, takes it off and then proceeds to, like, put it on her collar. Made me very
1: uncomfortable. I like to think there's, like, a little pin in the bow tie, so he's just pinning it into her skin. <laughs> like, the bow tie thing is dumb on multiple, on, like, multiple levels. Because mm-hmm. also, she likes it because he's wearing it. You know, it completes the aesthetic. Yeah. Oh, you like my bow tie? Here. Here's the one thing you like about my outfit.
0: Yeah, here's your... Uh, let me put this red bow tie on your pink sweater.
1: Now when you look at me, you won't see the thing you like about me. <laughs> I'm I'm a genius. I'm Pete. Mm-hmm. I'm Pete Riley, 17.
2: Um, I'm Pete Riley, 17.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just looking through my notes. What else we got here? We do check in with, the, with George and uh, Julie. They're going to talk about plants or something.
1: Yeah, they're really uncomfortable plants about not wanting to uproot them and put them into a single yeah. pot. Does George have kids? I don't think George has a life outside the mom. I think he lives to serve her. Okay. Sorry.
0: Yeah, he's, um, he reminds me of, like, he's very charming. He gives me the same kind of vibes as the dad in, like, Freaky Friday, where he's just, like, he's a
1: pleasant dude. He, um, he's he's too good to be true. Yeah. I don't know, he gives me a be- like, He's he's on a level of sincerity that strikes me as insincere.
0: Yeah, are we in for um, Phantom of the Home Theater as a sequel in which uh, George and Julie are now married and George bans movies from the household?
1: I hate films. Yeah, um, I,
0: I don't like the movies.
1: When I was a young boy, I hated your father, and that's why I married your mother. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, we have... Bryce, we gotta talk about Cyclone Summer and the Phantom stealthily running in to a movie theater while no one is looking, while a movie is playing, (laughs) setting up a fan more powerful than a movie theater would realistically have, and then leaving without anyone ever realizing a Phantom was there at all.
0: Fred, what do you mean we gotta talk about that? What's notable about what you just said? (laughs) A man loses his hair. Yeah. Mid hair, that fan um, comes off to me as more like the kind of fan that they would use at an indoor skydiving place. Like it is so powerful.
1: Yeah, it's insane. Mm-hmm. This yeah. wouldn't be here.
0: It's very strong. We see, see an early setup of this fan. We learn that it's um,
1: Hollywood uh, like a Hollywood official one. So like you know in Hollywood they're making their fans super powerful. Mm-hmm. It's hot there.
0: Yeah, this is uh, it was a very absurd scene, Ren. Uh, seeing the popcorn flying, uh, uh, Donnie gets, like, bludgeoned with a bag of popcorn.
1: Pete runs over and is like, that's a good look on you, Donnie, never change it. <laughs> yeah. Why is Pete the only one who thinks to turn off the fan? And why does he run at it instead of around it? Yeah, he... It's facing one direction. He puts himself, he puts himself in front of the
0: fan first (laughs) he is around it he's to its side and then he puts himself in front of it so he can i think he wants to show his strength in front of his girls good point yeah he's like i'm stronger than the fan that stronger uh, than wind yeah that took donnie's (laughs) took donnie's head off with a medium bag of popcorn um no yeah so that's that's so as a kid that was my favorite scene really that was the yeah these like film sabotages is what stuck out to me I thought did they were you so see cool yourself
1: as Pete saving the day.
0: I didn't care about, no, it was more of like the chaos
1: that I liked. like the mania. Did you ever yeah. wish that would happen to you in the movie theater?
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Where I'd go see, uh, yeah, I'd go see like a twister
1: and then a real twister would come.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did like that scene a lot. Ren. Um, I also really liked, uh, so Brian and Karen are going to get reunited here. Uh, Mom is going to come pick them up, but uh, their car breaks down. They have no way to tell the kids. And so Karen and Brian are going to naturally go to the basement of the movie theater.
1: That's right. Uh, movie Mason's lair. Yeah. Um, this next segment bothered me because they kept jumping back and forth between mm-hmm. them and the basement and whatever was nonsense was going on upstairs.
0: Yeah. You wish that it had just been straightforward?
1: I do. That's my biggest problem with the movie. It's the jumping back and forth. Because I... Hold on. Let me see how many times it jumps back between Brian and Karen and mm-hmm. some other scenes. It's a lot. Yeah. It's like There's... one, two, three, four, five, six. It's like six, seven scenes until we get to the monologue.
0: Well, because we're jumping back and forth between the kids exploring the basement and, uh, and the parents calling the movie theater. And peace where... stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because mom's trying to get a hold of the, of the movie theater by calling, uh, just like a, like a uh, what's, not phone. a phone booth, a payphone. Thank you. And someone picks it up, and they're like, "City
1: Morgue. and then she gasps. She's like,
0: oh, "Bum bum
1: bum." But it's okay, cause IQ picks up the phone next.
0: Yep. Uh. They- They figure out where the kids are and then uh, Racy Tracy uh, Lacy What's her name? Racy Lacy? Racy Lacy? Hangs it up. She hangs up the phone so mom's like, uh oh, I don't know if the kids are safe. But uh, so It it
1: leads into my favorite scene in the movie where uh, the picture of the phantom transitions to Mickey Rooney's face (laughs) as he says Hello children!
0: Hello children! Uh,
1: You aren't the phantom! are you movie mason children children Mm -hmm. children when we arrive in this world magic is all around us you simply have to see a baby discover a butterfly or a toddler splash in the tub for the first time yet as the years pass simple pleasures aren't quite so simple to find myths and legends fall away santa's secrets are revealed card tricks lose their fascination True wonder is hard to come by, but there's always that magic at the movies. Pirate ships, bicycles that fly, angels that earn their wings. Beautiful women marry handsome men and we all learn there's no place like home. To destroy that magic, to shatter those moments, to me is a sin so grave as to be almost incomprehensible. If there truly is a phantom, my young co-host, I assure you it most definitely is not me you know what this scene makes me think what that movie mason standing there thinking oh shit these kids think i'm the phantom how do i get out of this <laughs> <laughs> like he's just got to keep talking until something lands
0: yeah it's um like it's how do you fuck you...
1: yourself out of the secret lair under yeah,
0: the movie it's, theater it's, it's when you begin it's when you begin a sentence and don't know where you're going and then <laughs> 10 hours later you wrap it up with what you wanted to say in the first place uh, he is not the phantom he is very clear here but also Ren like, this is the first mention that we have of someone who isn't Brian or Karen believing in the phantom yeah like, movie mason's aware that there's currently a phantom
1: it's what well movie mason was trapped in the theater when it broke down yeah so maybe like it, it, his head was hit so he's just like susceptible. To information
0: mm-hmm.
1: so if you tell him something he just believes it like oh there's a phantom all right
0: yes yeah. not me um rent do you think um does this movie go so far as to reveal to the children watching that santa is not real <laughs> Is that something that we have going on here where movie mason
1: says santa's secrets are revealed what else could that mean <laughs> it means santa is real okay because in movies Santa's always real. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, no. movie Mason believes in Santa Claus too. Okay. <laughs>
0: uh, but not card tricks. No, he's he over hates, those.
1: He, he hates magicians.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's over sleight of hand. Oh my god. Oh my god.
1: Like, we love so much movie left.
0: Yeah. Well, we're gonna fly through it because the <laughs> it gets real irrelevant real quick. Um. We have the kids go back upstairs. Uh, Hold on. Uh, There's a specific note that I want to read somewhere. Okay. Uh, It was at this point that I Google searched Mickey Rooney movie clips. And then I got back. Uh, So like I watched Mickey Rooney movie clips for about a solid 15 minutes. Uh, Then looked back at the movie. There's a bunch of hot and sweaty people surrounding Mark. And then Brian. (laughs) They cracked his hair. They what Did you notice them grabbing Mark's hair? No
1: yes, they grab his hair.
0: Mm-hmm. okay, <laughs> I don't know why i like I said i didn't i I wasn't quite sure what was happening here uh, and yeah, then they he's go to tomorrow clear out the
1: lobby they don't want to leave.
0: Oh, they want to stay
1: for some reason, the people who have already watched their movies want to stay at the theater
0: assume that they can stay for the premiere. yeah, okay.
1: And so they um, start touching Mark's hair.
0: Yes. Uh, <laughs> so They get kicked out. Rightfully so. Um, let's see. Uh, now they're trying to figure out who the phantom is. Brian to Merle's face assumes that it's Merle.
1: Yeah, this, this interrogation made me really angry.
0: Yeah. Um, Sean, they're going to go into Sean's office where Sean will be taped and hung to the door. So uh, we didn't really say it. I... I we we'll alluded to it earlier. Sean is going to be found in the basement tied up and with tape on his face uh, okay, early in so the, the film, the basement
1: one. Isn't that egregious? Cause he's at least sitting.
0: Yeah. So he'll that be there. You know, that's a mm-hmm. bit more believable. This time he'll be hanging on the back of his office door. Same situation though. Tied up with uh, tape on his mouth. Ren. Uh, did he do
1: this to himself? There is no physical way I can explain this. Okay. There has to be a second phantom. That's gone unaccounted for? I mean, I can
0: assume he tied his hands together, put tape on his mouth for, well, okay. Yep, 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 um, for the office and then just jumped up against his door until finally his coat, like, clipped onto the hanger.
1: I think he did it himself. I don't think there's a a So you believe in the Sean did it himself theory? Yeah. I'm of the two phantoms theory. Okay, Who would be okay. the second phantom? Who would be the second phantom? is Movie Mason. <laughs> He's lying. He, they're in it together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> children, children. Sean, Sean, Sean. You thought you could get away with it? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So uh, they'll find him doing this. There's something about a key. Uh, and so it's time for the premiere. The big wigs show up. Uh. Well, actually, before they, sh- uh, as they show up, before the doors are open, Movie Mason has a
1: musical number. He's an awful singer. Hooray for I, Hollywood, I want this old man to stop singing at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sean
0: does too, so Sean shuts him down. But not until Movie Mason says, "Well, I and inv- uh, I've discovered Madison Metz, who's the star of this movie, and she invited me as
1: her special guest tonight." She calls him an escort, so I'm going to believe that movie Mason's real job is being a male escort. Okay. He's not very popular, but, you know, Ashley Madison Metz likes him.
0: Mm Hmm. (laughs) Um, Pete says he could learn a lot by hanging out with Karen and Brian. So, yeah, so Karen and Brian, uh, they're investigating because a giant monkey, is it a monkey?
1: It's a mayhem monster.
0: Yeah, I wrote monkey in all my notes.
1: The dinosaur gets stolen.
0: Yeah, the giant blow-up thing gets stolen from the roof. They go to investigate. While they're up there, uh they get jumped on.
1: Yeah, during what's supposed to be Pete's emotional like the emotional climax of his arc, mm-hmm. realizing that he has like some connection with his siblings. We get several shots of the Phantom scaling the roof and yes. then jumping onto them all as they hug and tying them up in a sack. Yes. It's 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 inexplicable. <laughs>
0: Don is very agile. They've Incredibly been agile. Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: then they're, they're in the sack for like four scenes.
0: Yeah, they're stuck in there for a while until finally they realize that if they knock themselves over and like tie themselves to the or like uh get hooked on to a pole, they can untie themselves. Um okay, Ren. Let's wrap this up. Uh it's time for the premiere. Some water balloons are going to fall on some people. Uh, Sean's going to uh, get scolded. People that's, get scolded. Right. He
1: get a real earful from Mr. Niedermeyer.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mr. Niedermeyer is this like intense personality, supposedly. Uh, they're going to go into. So after everything that's gone on this theater, they're still going to go ahead and see this movie tonight. Uh, and that's when uh, the Phantom, similar to the fan, Situation has set up uh, a blow up. This this same blow up thing from the
1: roof. His plan is to suffocate everyone. That's right. He's going to seal all the doorways with uh inflatable mayhem monsters, and eventually the air in the movie theater will run out, and they're yeah. all going to suffocate and die. Ren, have
0: you ever seen um? Ah, oh, shoot. What is it? Um. Oh, I got twenty seven hours. No, no, no. I mean, I have. Se- have you seen one 100- hundred?
1: 27 hours that's that's james franco right um yeah bryce and wren are trapped for 127 hours sure
0: yeah no i was gonna ask if you've seen um inglorious bastards i have okay you're familiar with that last scene well not the last scene but like you know the scene yeah okay uh that's that's what that's what's gonna happen here similar strategy here so the (laughs) do we think the phantom potentially trapped um trapped uh, potentially Hitler, in this theater.
1: You know what? I could see that. I think this might be the same theater from *Inglorious Bastards*.
0: <laughs> yeah, so he's taking this straight out of the movies. He he's a cinephile. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but don't worry, uh, Pete is going to fight the Phantom
1: uh, via swinging on a rope behind the projected screen. Well, first he has to slay the mayhem monsters. Yeah, with the laser sword. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes that's right yeah he takes the the there's a sword and a stone naturally in the movie theater lobby um because where else would that be so he's able to go and do it he's gonna pull out it ten thousand times until uh
1: merle says hey I, I can just hack this and shuts it off and he takes it out i would have really liked if when pete jumped onto the mayhem monster mm-hmm. he just slid off I think mean, that would have been a better ending.
0: Mm-hmm. Monsters they
1: all growing, everyone suffocates. Roll yeah. credits. GG's. Sean wins. That's the the Toy Story three
0: ending. If the toys die in the fire,
1: exactly. It's more yeah. emotional that way. Makes for <laughs> yep. a more thought provoking. They ending. all Pete Pete Racy Lacy and question mark hold hands as they look and stare <laughs> into the growing <laughs> man monster, <laughs> accepting their fate. We've got a you've got a friend and who he plays over the credits. Yep.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah, Pete's gonna fight Sean via swinging rope, uh, which we don't see. The only action or fun thing that we could potentially get in the movie, they show us shadows of instead.
1: That's right. Little shadow puppetry for us.
0: Yeah. Uh, but, uh, people I... are
1: oohing and on as if Pete isn't in real danger fighting mm-hmm. a grown adult man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. and finally, he's gonna take him down uh, and reveal to everyone that Sean is the phantom. And everyone reacts as if they, because this, keep in mind, this theater is filled with high-profile people from Hollywood. Everyone reacts as Sean is revealed, as if they know who Sean is. Sean, the senior
1: manager, was the Mm
0: -hmm. Phantom? Oh my gosh, as if (laughs) any of that makes sense to them. Oh, yes. The Phantom, uh, the person who's been wrecking this movie theater all night long and potentially putting people in harm's way. And then we still decided to come to the theater. Yeah,
1: That's a cool movie.
0: Um, OK, so we get that. Sean's revealed. Sean is not
1: arrested on the spot. No, uh, Mr. Niedermeyer lets him go.
0: Doesn't he, Mr. Niedermeyer say like, hey, I'm going to arrest you, but I want to see this movie first. No, he says the only
1: reason I haven't arrested you is because it'd take too much time. (laughs) So I think the implication is he's not going to do anything about it. It's too
0: tedious. It's too much paperwork.
1: It's just too much damn time, Sean.
0: Yeah, Sean is told he will never work again in any theater again in this state.
1: Yeah, that's not a... (laughs) All right, not in this state.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Sean will just... I don't know. What's he going to do? Uh, but it doesn't matter. The movie director of Midnight Mayhem will approach Sean and pitch uh, a movie idea to
1: That's him. That's right. Sean. The
0: movie?
1: Mm-hmm. Sean the Sheep.
0: Sean, are you going to say Sean the Sheep? I did say Sean
1: the Sheep. Yeah. Oh, you cut out. So I only heard Sean the sh
0: Sean <laughs> the Shithead.
1: <laughs> Sean is the Shithead.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, the movie director will take off, yeah, after mcgibbon uh Pete comes to the realization that he is seventeen, not seventy
1: great well, I, this is a horrible this is horrible. Niedermeyer offers him the senior manager position mm-hmm. he would have actually promoted a seventeen year old yeah, this would have been a great career move for Pete at his age, good enough to go against the lesson of the film, i think uh-huh he's old enough where he should be considering these kinds of job prospects and he will without a doubt regret this for the rest of his life because there's no way he's going to stay with Caitlin <laughs> like little high school girlfriend who he's been on one date with right I don't they go they go get breakfast together here here's 50 bucks for 50 pancakes yeah here, don't go come ahead. back until you've eaten them all yeah,
0: yeah Pete, Pete turns on the position and then he uh, he says he needs to spend more time having a life and then he asks Niedermeyer for the night off and puts his arm around the girl. Yeah, Niedermeyer is like is like sounds good and he has 50 bucks for pink.
1: All we need now is a four-star Hollywood ending.
0: What time is it that the next meal, appropriate meal, is breakfast?
1: Denny's never closes, Bryce. So it's like but if you get Denny's at 3 a.m., is that breakfast? if it's Denny's, it's always breakfast. That's not true. Breakfast is like a style. It's like a style of food. No, okay, I'll agree with you. Because I was, I was going to be against it, but you have breakfast
0: for dinner. So it's yeah. still breakfast, it's just for dinner.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's the Denny's uh, coat of honor.
0: Um, movie Mason's going to tell Brian he doesn't
1: believe in the Phantom, but maybe there's a werewolf. End scene. <laughs> End movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I really liked this movie as a kid, and I borderline hate it as an adult. What made it, like, is it just Pete? is Pete the issue here? I no, it's not just Pete. It this movie is full of unlikable characters. Mm-hmm. It's Pete, it's Movie Mason, it's Brian, it's Karen and her friends, it's Donnie Hani and mm-hmm. the entire supporting cast that goes nowhere. It's George and the mom. Like there's <sighs> Oh, I missed that. That uh, yeah, George proposes to Julie. Yeah, George proposes to Julie. Like it's yeah. it's it's not it's not like melodramatic. But it's saccharine in an overly sweet way that's nauseating and not earned. It's not rewarding. No one has a real arc. Nothing's nothing feels truly developed. I mean, Sean has a full arc. He uh he phantomized some people and he
0: got a movie. Sean gets denied yeah, Sean Sean gets denied position. Sean uh immediately Elves. strikes for revenge. <laughs> um very quickly pulls up with this master plan very good plan for only having a few hours prep is it not Ren? yeah
1: i mean all things considered to whip this together one day's notice you know less than that it's like four hours. hours it's it's good
0: yeah yeah it's, it he's a, a pretty impressive plan. villain
1: let's see let's see sean pull this off again
0: and you think if sean was given another if sean was given two days they would have suffocated in that movie theater, Ren.
1: There is no way they would have survived. Yes. It, it luck saved their lives.
0: Yeah. What was um when Sean does so Sean has all these different attempts here, but when he water balloons the people, is that just to be spiteful? Because there's no violence there. There's no no strike for revenge. That's just
1: You know, that one was for and... him.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just a little uh, just a little laugh, personal, private laugh. Um,
0: well, rent I I'm not gonna lie. Uh, as much as I didn't like the movie, I did enjoy talking about it.
1: Me too. It was, yeah. uh... It's, it's it's an interesting film to revisit. Oh, On um, a critical level.
0: I have one more question before yes. we wrap this thing up. Um, speaking of the water balloons, when they get uh, water ballooned, uh, the people at the premiere of the movie, so they walk in and then balloons fall and they're filled with water. Ren, um, Pete has a towel that he offers up.
1: Why does Pete have a towel? It's the movie theater towel. Okay. Pete always carries a towel with him in case, you know, he, he wants to swim or something. Mm-hmm. <sighs> DCOMs have a very specific way of making no sense, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they do.
0: Um, which makes me like, Ren, you and I instead of Ned's is great. Ned's is fantastic. There was there's a alternate universe though where you and I did Bryce and Ren and Dcom in the house. <laughs> where we just
1: did this every single week. I, w- I really wonder what that would have been like. I, I don't want to believe they would have all been like Phantom of the Megaplex.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, uh, who knows, right? Yeah. they yeah. They're they're, watching this, it goes back to what I said earlier about the commercial breaks. I feel like they're almost designed around the commercials to help you digest things on a better level. Because mm-hmm. there's an inherent repetition to the movie you know character, like we see the same scenes a few times yeah. and maybe that would make more sense if there were commercial breaks
0: yeah like a break like, come back some chaos go to break
1: exactly yeah but like all at once it's overbearing it's not glued together in a fun way and it gets it's irritating i was honestly annoyed during this movie more than more often than i wasn't
0: mhm <laughs> yeah um well, let's try to find Pete and see if we can get Pete on the podcast at one point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, eventually he... Uh, you want me to try it? Let's. You want me to give it a few seconds right now?
1: Yeah. Of effort? Okay. Um, Taylor Handley, that's his name. Okay. Yeah, and let's just see
0: where he's at now. Taylor Handley.
1: Uh, he is currently in the mayor of Kingstown as Kyle mcluskey Kyle mcluskey if he's on cameo oh he's not on cameo oh wait he's on cameo he's on cameo he's on cameo yeah I'm looking at him now he looks very different
0: um than I would think so maybe I don't know maybe we
1: can tweet at him Get a get a personal video for personal use from him. Hey, yeah, tweet us. Say, hey, do you remember what what you think about movie Mason? Yeah, what was it like on the set?
0: Was it like on the set of? Uh, I'll do that, and we'll see if we get any response. But didn't that uh, was it? Carly Rae Jepsen. No, not Carly Rae Jepsen. Christy Carlson Romano gave us some rap right. He did. We got it. We got to get her on the cast. <laughs> She's uh, yeah, I feel like we, we got to i I'll, I'll tweet at her again too, this week, Ren. Yeah, please do. So it'd so, like, be
1: like, Hey, do you remember us? It's me, Bryce and Ren.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's me, Bryce and Ren. Yeah. I'll put in, I'll put in some work on that front this week. Um, Ren. So next week you and I are going to talk about the premiere of season two of Ned's Classified. Are you ready to
1: jump back into Ned's? I am Bryce, but not quite. Cause I have some trivia and some phantom reviews to read. Oh Yes, please. Yes, please. Let's hear. Her. So let's go, to, let's go through some trivia first. Okay. So according to IMDb, the clips that are shown as glimpses of Genevieve are actually from Alice Sweet Alice, a horror film previously released by Allied Artists in 1976. When Movie Mason tells Karen and Brian that there's always magic at the movies, he says, and we all learn there's no place at home. This is a nod to Rumi's long-term friendship and partnership with Judy Garland, who coined this phrase in The Wizard of Oz and whom he accompanied at the premiere of that movie and with whom he starred in many films. Loosely based on The Phantom of the Opera, Eddie Inksetter's debut, there are two stars of the popular action franchise, The Boondog Saints, Carlo Rota and Daniel DeSantos. And that's all our trivia. Um, Do you feel like you've learned something new? No. No, I mean, yeah, but <clears throat> what did I, uh... I gain? What did, did I gain? Anything? I think that's the question. <laughs> I'm gonna go with no. I did not gain anything.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um,
0: I mean, Mickey, Mickey Rooney. Uh, he's in this movie called It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Do you know that movie? I know, but I haven't seen it. I don't think it's aged well. Mhm. But. My parents showed it to me at a young age, and I thought it was the best thing I've ever seen.
1: I've heard very good things about it. I've heard it's very funny.
0: Yeah, it was like uh, Hollywood like comedy icons. Yeah. I don't know what era, though. It was very good.
1: Do you want to listen so. to some reviews? Yeah, let's hear uh, a review or two. Yeah. All right. right. Uh, let's. This is my first review of the night. It's a 1 out of 10. It's by Miss X Page. And the winner of the worst movie ever is... <clears throat> I flicked on the show one Saturday, and I must say, it was horrible. I found myself thinking, wow, are these professional actors or bums off the street? The cast was unbelievable, and it was quite obvious who the Phantom was. Also, terrible plot. I mean, come on, people. Giant balloons causing havoc? Wow. I could not believe that stupid Phantom. His laugh was obviously not by the actor, it was the laughter in a can. Really, people, is it such a big deal that some guy turned on a fan in a movie? Even a maximum fan wouldn't have that effect. If you're looking for an hour to kill and you enjoy cheesy movies, this is the one for you. Look for bad acting by the whole cast.
0: Ren, um, so there's a lot there. I like that they recognize that laughter. I was telling Jenna earlier, I wish if thus far in everything we've done, this is what has made me most wish that I had... A soundboard, yeah, just to play, just to play that laughter in the organ, just That'd for that fun. combination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows? Maybe eventually we'll get a soundboard, but um, Patreon.
1: <laughs> yeah, that laughter was something. I have two more reviews for you. Great, great. This one's a five out of ten. Another urban legend, Phantom of the Megaplex, takes a couple of urban legends and weaves them into a tale told for the family. All in a day's work in the life of young Taylor Handley. The assistant sorry, sorry, in- sorry, I gotta stop you there. <laughs> I have to. Stop. What? What? Multiple <laughs> urban legends were combined here. We got a uh, Phantom of the Opera, my favorite yep. urban legend, yeah. <laughs> and, and? Uh, Mayhem Monsters. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, okay. Inflatable balloons. Mm -hmm. The balloons that trap you and suffocate you.
0: Yes, okay, the scary balloons. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I'll let you continue. Thanks for
1: clarifying. (laughs) Uh, All in a day's work in the life of young Taylor Hanley, the assistant manager of a 26-screen Megaplex movie theater. I don't think I've been to one with more than 15 screens. When this Megaplex was built, an old-style movie palace was torn down, and legend has it that someone was buried alive inside the wreckage and haunts the new Megaplex. The old owner of the movie palace is played by Mickey Rooney, and he hangs around the new theater and is something of a character. But on a big premiere night, all kinds of things start to go wrong, and Handley is the man on the job. In addition to his sleuthing and emergency management, he also has to look after younger siblings Caitlin Walks and Jacob Smith who do some sleuthing of their own and find in the lower depths of the building, much like the Phantom of the Opera, a lair that Mickey Rooney has created for himself. All in all, a nice family movie, not too taxing. I like that he uses the actors' names. Not too taxing? Not too taxing. I felt like (laughs) it was pretty taxing.
0: I was pretty tired by the end of it. Yeah, I like um, that they use the actors' names too. And I also like... um, as you've shared different reviews, Ren, I've learned that a lot of like people like to share really meaningless facts about themselves here, such as how this individual has never been to a movie theater with more than... I know, I when... love it. I love these kinds of reviews. Like, who cares? Who's, who's asking you? And why does that impact
1: how you viewed this? It's... I have one more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's hear it. <clears throat> 10 out of 10. Wow! This one of my favorite movies. My kid hates it, but I love it. Movie Mason, Mickey Rooney, knows everything about movies. It is a must-see movie. It is scary and funny at the same time. Five out of five stars. Only on Disney. There is a man who is going around making bad stuff happen. That's
2: all I'm going to tell
1: you. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. What is right. that last part again, right?
1: Mm. there is a man who is going around making bad stuff happen. That is all I'm going to tell you.
0: <laughs> no spoilers, please. No spoilers. <laughs> Much respect to that review.
1: Gotta love it. <laughs> Doesn't give anything away. Just though, watch out for the man and his bad stuff.
0: Grant, I am happy that we turned over this stone to unearth all these uh, the reviews And this discussion about Phantom of the Megaplex, but I'm more than happy, I don't know about you, to go ahead and flip this turn right the heck back
1: over. Um, (laughs) Seven weeks of Neds. It'll be good. It will be good. It'll be nice.
0: I think it's it's been
1: a while since we've had an uninterrupted stretch of episodes. Our
0: our podcast is going to be what it's supposed to be.
1: A uh, Neds (laughs) watch-along.
0: I'm going to talk about some Neds Declassified.
1: Uh, I'm excited rent. for the new season. I'm hoping season two will have some focus. Some yeah.
0: Greater focus. I, I'm excited for it too. I think it's going to be very good. Um, and I'm looking forward to potentially new characters. Um, hopefully uh, overarching plot line. And, um, you know, just getting back into the, the swing of things from week to week. So I'm um, in Grinch week in seven weeks. So that's right. Good old Grinch week. That's going to be fun. Weird it will fun. be it definitely will be. Um did you have you been thinking at all about the um survivor game from last week? Any
1: any reflections from that? I still can't believe Ned won a unanimous I know. At the end. Like, what are the odds? We couldn't have scripted any better ourselves. Boomer and Ned in the Hall of Champions. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm looking forward to an, like the all-star season that inevitably happens in which boomer the bear comes back <laughs> to seek vengeance
1: on the other winner ned what i can't wait is for the ned versus cory survivor mm-hmm. i think that's gonna be a fun one
0: yeah i don't know how cookie will delicately handle bahavian
1: politics but i don't think it'll be well for him i really think uh our james k polk kids are in for a culture shock <laughs>
0: Stickler is gonna mess them up. <laughs> mhm. Good old put, sticky. Yeah, gonna. Gonna, gonna make Moe's walk on the ceiling.
2: <laughs> mhm.
0: He's gonna rip up, uh, tear apart Gordy's credit card.
1: So something that actually has been sticking with me since our Survivor episode is actually our report card discussion and our discussion about character consistency. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That that was actually something I've been thinking about a lot, especially on reflection of the season, as I wonder because that's going to be interesting to watch into season two, because Ned and Cookie are not as consistently written as Mo's are, so there's really we can their char- their characters can be taken in really any direction at this point.
0: Yeah, so I I don't know where they'll go, um, other than I think Moe's storyline of having a friend who's a girl feels. Like, it'll be wrapped up, like,
1: slightly continued, but I think her and Susie are gonna finally be on the same page. Yeah, I, I feel like the focus instead will be, like, most trying to figure out how to make a friendship with Susie work.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Instead definitely. of just searching for a friendship. Definitely. And then Ned will probably still be pining for Susie, and I, I imagine now is the time when the Cookie and Lisa emo stuff starts to get a bit more interesting.
0: Yes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll, it'll definitely be fun, Ren. Um, other than that, I'm feeling good about what's ahead. I am uh, I'm ready and excited. And I had a lot of fun talking Phantom with the Megaplex. Me too. Uh, you rate it? season tonight. Oh, yeah. You want to rate it? Yeah, I do want to rate it. Okay. Uh, I have a D10 with me. I'll go ahead and roll mm-hmm. that. Okay. Uh, let, me know, let me know what you land on. <laughs> no. Um, I don't have a D10. I, I, I'm going to go with a three, Brent. <laughs> <Three.
1: laughs> I think I'm going to go with a two and a half. I'm disappointed, because I was expecting to, like, give this one a 6 or a 7 starting it.
0: No. Yeah, it was no Hatching Pete.
1: (laughs) Man, there's nothing more disappointing, I think, than watching a movie you loved as a kid and realizing it really sucks.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I haven't ever
1: properly revisited Halloween Town, but I imagine that's a pretty bad movie, too. I... The Smart House is the one I fear. I hope Smart House... And stand the test of time. <laughs> Maybe someday you and I will find out.
0: You know, we, we have should. And I know, I know. years a podcasting actually. ahead of us. So, yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening uh, and for, for tuning in. I hope you all had a really great spooky season. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Um, we've had some really good engagement on our Instagram lately. Uh, just through likes. So continue to do that. Support us. Share out. Um. And otherwise, take
1: care and have a good rest of your day. Have fun at Midnight Mayhem.
0: Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. I think, um, I think that it would be very effective because he, I mean, I thought it was a great deal. He said, uh, in the article, it said that, uh, in total, he paid $175 for food
1: that year. That's not bad. Wow. Isn't that incredible? And you know, it's Six Flags, so it's pretty good. You know, the they food? have they have the Six flag chefs. They have one chef mm-hmm. from each of the six continents. It is <laughs> Is that what? Is that what the Six Flags stand for?
0: Yeah, it represents the the food that is served within the park.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Okay. Yeah, the variety of, of food options. Um, okay. Yeah, I buy that. I buy that. The six. Uh, and does each so each Six Flags park has the six chefs from the six
1: continents? Well, there's six different chefs each time because. They can't be at two places at once. Well, yeah. Yeah. Once they build that, they will, though, but not not now.
0: No, 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 no. So, because in total, I want to say there's probably, like, I don't know, eight Six Flags parks, just to throw that number out there. So, we're talking about, like, eight times six, like, potentially
1: 48 chefs. Like, worldwide chefs all (laughs) working at Six Flags in the United States?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. I feel like, with that context, I better understand the chicken fingers and french fries that I get there.
1: I think we just uh, created a new spin-off, Victor at the park. Oh. Oh, okay. Victor gets hired as one of the six chefs. We oh we already have five wacky characters to round out the cast, you know. It writes itself. <laughs> <laughs> one of the uh one of the other chefs can be Dubinian or something. Beautiful. Yeah, we, we need have a that. Bahavian chef get get into that uh mm-hmm. racial. Because because Dubinian and
0: Bahav and Bahavia are from different continents, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I'm here for this. I would watch it. Uh, is Corey in the show?
1: No, the same way that uh, you know, each time there's a new show, one member of the family gets written out. Okay, so now it's like Raven was Victor's only child, and he never had a wife. It was like a uh, immaculate conception kind of thing, like Jesus.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so there's that episode where Raven comes to visit Victor at the park. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, she's not a regular, right? She's just.
1: Well, she's still doing her fashion thing.
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah, but so maybe she can't make
1: use of the meal plan.
0: Yeah, I was gonna suggest maybe she comes and she designs the outfits for um, the Looney Tunes.
1: Oh, you know, give like a give Bugs a new fit, new trim.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Bugs Bunny is very uh, very outdated. His look is old.
1: Do you remember that? Uh. Damn it, I can't remember the show anymore. It's like it was like the Looney Tunes, but like an edgy version of the Looney Tunes. Edgy Looney Tunes? Hold on. Edgy Bugs Bunny. Let me see if I can find That's it. That's gonna be a risky Google search, my friend. Superpower. They had superpowers. Okay. Lunatics. Mm-hmm. Lunatics unleashed. It's Lunatics. like the
0: It's like the uh the equivalent of like the Mighty Kid's meal at McDonald's.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like let uh you,
1: Let me send you a picture, hold on.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: I never watched this show, but I always saw commercials for it. Okay,
0: was it on Cartoon Network?
1: I think it was on Kids WB. Okay. They were yeah. like, a, it was like a dark, dark Looney Tunes. Look at them,
0: dark Looney, dark wing duck.
1: It's different, right? That's different. Was that that uh, its own thing? Yeah, dark wing duck is its own. It's like a part of the duck verse.
0: Yep, yeah, with uh. DuckTales and Tailspin?
1: Yes. Are those all in the same universe? I think so. DuckTales and Darkwing Duck, definitely.